Today's podcast with Keyshawn Johnson is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash LA Slant. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial.com forward slash LA Slant. All right, it's my pleasure to welcome Keyshawn Johnson to the LA Slam podcast. You follow him on Twitter at Keyshawn. Catch him weekday mornings on ESPN LA 710 with George Sedano and LZ Granderson. Keyshawn, appreciate you joining me, man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Glad to be a part of your podcast. I appreciate you joining it, man. We some breaking news this morning. We're taping this on a Thursday, and the Rams have just traded former number two overall pick Greg Robinson to the Lions for a 2018 six-round pick. And Robinson had a disappointing start to his career, Key. What are your thoughts on this trade? Well, I think he gets a, you know, in in terms of Greg Robinson, I think he gets a new start with the Detroit Lions. Detroit gets a guy that could potentially replace Taylor Decker at some point during the year because Taylor Decker went down. But they also, Detroit also traded for another tackle, or better yet, picked up another tackle. So they got two tackles uh, today that they've signed to somewhat replace Taylor Decker because they don't know how long he'll out and the Rams get a pick you know they get a pick at number six a future pick at number six because they don't really know you know they don't really know what they wanted to do in terms of Robinson he wasn't working out well for them they drafted him with the second pick overall which is a high draft pick to part ways with so early in his career but in this day and age in professional football you don't have to hold on to a guy for four to five years before you realize that he can play or not play. They're getting rid of guys' high draft picks in two and three years now. When it's time to cut bait, you cut bait. But you look at the Rams. They made that blockbuster RG3 trade in 2012, Key, and it was supposed to set them up with impact players and depth for years to come. Albert Breer of the MMQB just tweeted this. The Rams received eight players from that trade, and with Robinson now gone, only Michael Brockers and Alec Ogletree remain. And listen, I know there are hits and misses in the NFL draft. It's a crapshoot in many regards. But how much do you think this eats at a competitive guy like Les Snead to only have two guys remain from that trade? Well, I think it's not only eating at him. I think Les Snead's done a terrible job with acquiring players with the assets that he got from other teams. I don't, I, I, and, and Les Snead's done nothing wrong to me. I'm just stating the facts. The facts are he's done a terrible job as a general manager picking some of the players that are no longer there. Now, there are going to be hits and misses, there's no question, but you don't miss on high draft picks that often. You don't miss on a number two. So far, you've missed on the first round overall after he traded everything away to get the quarterback. He hasn't quite panned out in a year the way that you wanted to, and now you're selling that he's showing progress. Well, okay, anybody can show progress in T-shirts and charts. We all understand that. We all know that. But now Greg Robinson, the number two pick overall, is gone. What does that say? That says you drafted the number two pick overall. When you're a number two pick overall, you're supposed to, when you're a first rounder in general, you're supposed to go to a couple Pro Bowls, you know, uh, uh, play a long time with the organization. And if you're not a long time with the organization and they trade you, that organization is supposed to get a hefty return on that particular investment, a high draft pick, not a six-round draft pick. So, he certainly have failed in terms of those things as a general manager, and things are not looking upward for him. Their study, coin, their study declining for less need. 
Yeah, and you compound that with with extending Tavon Austin. He's going to count $14.9 million against the cap this year, Keyshawn. Only, I believe it's Des Bryant and Larry Fitzgerald have a higher wide receiver cap number than Tavon Austin this year. So it's, it's crucial for these young guys that they drafted to to show some sort of progress because when you have that much money caught up in a guy who's probably a wide receiver three at best right now, um, it, it's a little bit troublesome. Well, you know, I'm not so I'm not so down on the Tavon Austin deal because with a new staff in place, I think they could try and squeeze some things out of him in terms of how to utilize him, allow him to stretch the field vertically for Robert Woods. Um, but when he was under Fisher, it certainly didn't work out the way that it, that you hoped it would based on the style of offense that Jeff Fisher ran. We'll see. It sounds like they may try to use him vertically like like uh, McVay did with Deshaun and maybe, maybe Jamison Crowder, Pierre Garcon to an extent in Washington. But let's get into these 2017 Rams, Key, because it's a whole new regime. As you mentioned, youngest coach in the NFL. You were at OTAs earlier this month. Minicamp has now come to a close. What's your early assessment of where this organization is as we sit here in the middle of June? Well, I think they have a much better coaching staff than they had a year ago. I believe that Sean McVay, will do some things offensively to give you some sort of hope. And I also think from a defensive side of the ball, you know what Wade Phillips is capable of doing. Now, I wasn't high on the draft picks at all that they drafted this year. I thought the tight end Everett was just a tweener guy in between a wide receiver and somewhat of a flex tight end. Now, he can certainly help you in the red zone or help you on third downs with a young quarterback. I thought that that was, you know, I thought they could have probably gotten a little bit better at that position, but I think he may pan out where we'll all be happy and okay. At the receiver position, I wasn't jump I'm not jumping for joy for Cooper Cup at all. I think he's a guy who you could find in the much later rounds or even in free agency. I thought if you're gonna if you're gonna look to get a free agent or a receiver in the draft, there was much better wide receivers overall in the draft that they could have picked up. Um, when you look at just what they've done uh, in the draft this year, I'm just like, uh, and they really didn't necessarily improve significantly in free agency, but they, they're trying to shore up the offensive line with some veteran guys at that spot to kind of give Jared Goff some comfort. Um, you know, and if they can get, and if they can get Ty Gurley going in a running game and play a solid defense, they limit Jared's golf offensive ability as far as throwing the football, then you can look at a six or seven win team possibly. Yeah. And, and I think none of this goes without Gurley and you talked to him earlier this month. Do you think he can rebound? Because he didn't have a hundred yard game last year. I think 885 yards rushing 3.2 a clip. Um, do you think he's ready to kind of take that, take that next leap in his third year in the NFL? I think he is. I think he, I think I like him a lot. I like the way he looks at his, his, his body and his size and he looks in shape. He looks happy and satisfied and talking to him at the OTA about the style of offense that the Rams are running and what Sean McVay is bringing to the table in terms of mixing things up from an offensive standpoint in both run game and pass game. He's learning his protections in the offense. He's happy. I mean, and so when you look at that, that tells me, the one thing it tells me is that as long as the players are happy with the situation, then they're going to probably have a decent year. When a player is not happy with the situation, it tends to go in the wrong direction. I want to talk about Sean McVay here. And Keith, one of my favorite football books of all time is, is Bill Parcells' biography. And you're mentioned in that book. You talked about the, the bond you guys forged off the field, specifically talking about life after football. 
And of course, Parcells was a disciplinarian, man. No nonsense. And you fast forward to 2017, we have a 31-year-old head coach in the NFL. And I'm on the record saying that he's going to be fantastic. I really think he's going to be great from what I've seen in Washington and, and following the Redskins for as long as I have. But one of the things beyond his control, I think, is life experience. Like Parcells was in his 40s when he got his first head coaching gig. Is that something that can hurt him as a head coach, not having that life experience? Or does his relatability to the players kind of more than make up for that? I think as long as he has the relatability to the players, he's going to be okay. One of the things that I told Sean, one of the first things I told him is be yourself. Don't try to be John Gruden. Don't try to be Jay Gruden. Don't try to be the Shanahan. Be you. Don't, and if you you, you're going to be great. The moment that you're not you and you become fake, the players will see right through it and they will run through your chest and disrespect you and it won't matter. If you be yourself and you be straight up and you, you just be honest and straight up like a starving student, then you'll be okay. If you change, you change, you're going to be changing jobs real soon. No, no doubt, and I think I think he realizes that. I, I there's a there's a maturity about a 31 year old guy that that I really haven't seen, and I, I think he's he's kind of has that, has that old school mentality uh, in a sense in terms of his preparation and getting guys in in proper positions to be successful. So I really do think he's going to be uh, an asset for the Rams. But let's get into the quarterbacks because McVay was brought in to develop Jared Goff, bottom line. But based on some of his comments this offseason, it seems like he's kind of cracked the door open a little bit for Sean Mannion. And you've seen both of these guys up close. Do you think Mannion has a chance to, to start at some point this season if, if Goff is just not what everybody is expecting him to be? I absolutely, I absolutely do believe that. I don't think that they're that far apart. I mean, it, it's, you know, it, it's splitting hairs as far as I'm concerned. I think they're both about the same. Uh, I, I personally like Sean Mannion out of Oregon State. Um, I thought that he was a, a good quarterback that could learn and become a really good quarterback if given the opportunity and a chance. He never got the opportunity as a Ram. Um, so it's hard for me to sit here and say that Jared Goff is, you know, that far ahead of him when it's truly not that way. I, I look at this situation, Keyshawn, it, it kind of reminds me when Jay Gruden got to Washington and he was tasked with kind of getting Robert Griffin III back to his rookie form. You know, the Redskins gave up all those picks to get him, but who was in the fold? Kirk Cousins was his backup. And Jay Gruden quickly realized that, hey, the guy that I'm supposed to be developing isn't as good as my backup. And that's when Kirk Cousins got his his chance. It reminds me a lot of this situation here in, in L.A. Should Jared Goff falter, Sean McVay, he may not be married to Goff and say, hey, if, if I can win games with Sean Mannion, I'm going to put Sean Mannion in the game. It, it, so I, I think that, that McVay kind of has that past experience with Washington that he's not going to be married to a guy just because the fact that he was the number one overall pick and they gave up a ton of picks to get him. Nor should he be. Nor should he be. He's got a job to do, which is put a winning football team on the field, win games, be productive. And if he can do that, then it'll be great. I wouldn't be married to the quarterback at all. I wouldn't even begin to think that way. Well, we'll see. I, I think a lot of these things, we're not going to know till September. I think two things that stick out to me, Keyshawn, with this Rams team, they were terrible on third down last year, last in the league. Uh, the turnover differential, I think they were uh, – minus 11. So I, I think with Wade Phillips coming in for as many turnovers as the Denver Broncos defense was able to get over the past few years, he was there. And then you couple that with, with Sean McVay 
putting golf in better positions to be successful and not turning the ball over and sustaining drives with Todd Gurley, I think the coaching staff just in general is going to make this team a few wins better. Uh, am, I, am I crazy for saying that? I think those two, two stats were just so telling last year. I think they have the ability to certainly make the team much better. Um, now, I don't know how much better, but the team is going to be better. People say, well, what, what are you looking for? What is it that they need to do? And I say, just improve. You don't need to, you don't need to improve that significantly, but just improve just enough to the point where we're like, okay, I, I see what this is. You don't have to win 10 games. You don't have to win nine, but just show me improvement on everything because they look like a bad football team last year. Yeah, you got to score touchdowns, and 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 people, I think, need to take it for what it is. You're you're still in a tough division with the Cardinals and Seahawks. If you can show market improvement in certain categories, realizing that you don't have the talent that a lot of these other teams do in the NFC West, I think that's all you can ask for. I want to move over to the other team in LA, Keyshawn, the Chargers, and Anthony Lynn. He's a Parcells guy. In fact. If I'm not mistaken, he was on the Cowboys coaching staff in 05 when you remember the Cowboys. What can you tell us about Anthony Lynn and what he's going to bring to the Chargers? Well, I know Coach Lynn a little bit. Um, I think he brings some enthusiasm. He's brings some credibility, and he brings a no-nonsense attitude to the Chargers, um, something that I believe that they lacked uh, in the past. I think in terms of the way that their style of play is, and Phillip Rivers is a quarterback that at his stage where he is in the NFL – he could still win games with his arms, but it certainly would help if he had a powerful running game and a solid defense and you didn't have to lean heavy on Phillip Rivers. And I think Coach Lynn understands that. He put a terrific staff together. Uh, I think, you know, when you look at Gus Bradley coming over from Jacksonville and becoming a defensive coordinator, uh, I think that'll help out a lot. I think if they get Mike Williams healthy, uh, that's going to help out the red zone for Phillip Rivers. And then just running the football, running the football overall, I like what they're trying to do. I like what, what, they're, what they did in the draft. Uh, I just feel like that they're a much better football team than the Rams. They're that much better. They're, far, they're, they're, they're ahead of the Rams' pace. And you, you look at the first time that Anthony Lynn became a head coach in an interim role with the Buffalo Bills, he did a tremendous job in figuring out exactly who Tyrod Taylor was as a quarterback and what they needed to do to try to stay competitive in the East which the New England Patriots dominated. And for all my money, I would say that they certainly, you know, opened up some eyes in terms of that. Yeah, and they, they like you said, they have a better roster than the Rams right now. And they drafted two of the three best interior linemen in the draft. In fact, Forrest Lamp was sitting there for the Rams, and they traded out of that pick. The Chargers scooped up Forrest Lamp. They got Dan Feeney in that running game. I think if he can get Melvin Gordon going, complemented with, with all those weapons on the outside with Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen, I think they can be contenders for a wild card spot. Do you think that? Do you think that this team has a chance to get to the playoffs this year? Well, it's a tough division with Kansas City and Denver sitting there and the Raiders. Yeah, but if they can, you know, but it'll it'll come down to what the Denver Broncos look like. What will the Denver Broncos look like? I think the Raiders will be obviously the leader of the pack. Kansas City will be right behind them, and then it's the fight for the third spot between Denver and uh, San Diego. It's going to come down to quarterback play in Denver. I think that defense is is not going anywhere. But with, whether it's going to be Paxton Lynch or Trevor Simeon, we shall see. Keyshawn, you're an L.A. guy, and I heard you guys talking earlier this month 
about how they're probably they're probably more Raiders fans in LA than Rams fans, maybe Rams and Chargers fans combined. What do you make of this new era of football in LA? We have, you know, you go 20 plus years without a team. Now we have two, and the most popular one is probably moving from Oakland to Vegas. Uh, you know, with with the NFL moving teams so frequently over the past 18 months, what do you make of this new landscape in LA? I love it. I think it's great. I, I just want them to win. Yeah. Put the winning product on the field. They've got to win, and if they can win, then everything else will take care of itself. They'll get the fan base. If they can't put a winning product on the field, nobody will support that. No, absolutely. And I think it just comes down to winning. And it's such a crucial time for these teams because, you know, we have three more years before they move to that stadium in Englewood. And, and I think whoever can win immediately is going to get a leg up on the other team. You're on the radio every morning, Keyshawn, and I know this is a Lakers town and a Dodgers town. Do you think the appetite for the NFL is here right now, or do you think it's going to take these franchises to actually win some football games before there's a little bit more enthusiasm? Oh, no, there's definitely an appetite for it, but guess what? If you're not, if you're not winning, they're not showing up. Yeah. They'd rather hang out at the sports bars and, and watch all the games at once. All right, Key, I want to end with this. You're going to race Marcellus Wiley on August 26th at the Rams Fan Fest. And it's gotten heated, man. I've seen some of these videos back and forth. And it, it, I get the sense that you're not really worried about Marcellus Wiley in a race. Who's worried about Marcellus Wiley? <laughs> Certainly not you, right? <laughs> he seems to think he's going to no. get you, though. Marcellus is a good promoter. They should have used him for the Mayweather-McGregor fight. I was just going to say, is this, is this like a, a Mayweather-McGregor situation in your money, Mayweather? Uh, pretty much. It's all hype. He's a, he's a Marcellus, one thing we got to understand about Marcellus, Marcellus is a hype guy. He likes the parties, the DJs. He likes all that. Me, I'm, I'm a little more laid back. I don't have time to get into arguments about my ability as a, as a runner. I mean, obviously, I can run. Everybody knows that. That's not – I don't need to say, oh, I can run, I can run, I can run. No, I, I can run. I run when I need to run. Never been caught from behind. You know, like I told Marcellus, oh, you can't run, man. You, you were supposed to be fast. You were slow. I was the number one pick in the draft. At a skill position, the number one pick in the draft, they're not slow. You know, unless you're an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman or something like that, the skill positions, when you go as high as I went, that's because you can run. They don't take slow dudes with the number one overall pick that can't run. Yeah, Marcellus may may have bit off a little bit too much, so we'll see, man. I'm gonna be I'm excited to see it. I'm gonna be down there for the fan fest, but he's Keyshawn Johnson. All right. Yeah, man, absolutely, man. I, you can follow him on Twitter at Keyshawn. Catch him weekday mornings on ESPN LA with George and LZ. I love the show, man. You do great work, and I appreciate you joining me on the podcast, man. Hope to have you back maybe during the season when you talk more Rams and Chargers. No problem. Thanks a lot. All right, a big thanks to Keyshawn Johnson for joining me, and thanks to you guys for listening. Be sure to leave a review for the L.A. Slam podcast on iTunes, and even though it's the dog days of summer now, we're still going to churn out content, get you ready for training camp of the 2017 NFL season, so keep it locked here. Until next time, we'll see you soon.